0: everyone and welcome to our Dana Podcast. My name is Alex and this is George and today's episode is called The Young Athlete.
1: Yes and I'm gonna be interviewing Alex, my wife, and finding out exactly how her path has been from a very young age playing tennis and how she transitioned to right now being a doctor.
0: Okay, well I'm looking forward to asked yes questions.
1: Sounds good. <laughs> So I just want to give the audience a little bit of introduction and just give a few, uh, talk a little bit about Alex's resume on tennis and as a young athlete. So Alex played tennis almost all her life. She has been playing tennis since she was eight years old, training between five to eight hours every day. She was homeschooled for three out of her four years of high school while she traveled and played tournaments. In over thirty countries and five continents, Alex played tennis representing Canada in the international tennis circuit for juniors, where she actually reached a high ranking of top 350 in the world, and was part of the Canadian national team. She has also won fifty trophies and medals and received a Division One scholarship. Currently, she's about to start her residency in internal medicine. So. Alex, quite a li- bit of a introduction here in the resume. How how do you feel when you hear all this?
0: Oh, thank you. Um, I feel good. I um, I'm happy. I played tennis as a kid. It has taught me a lot. As you could see, I from what you're saying there, I have a lot of um um a good childhood of getting to play a great sport and getting to travel, getting to. Um, learn certain life lessons mm-hmm. and getting to the stage where I uh, made a decision to enter medicine and, and could pursue that and make it as a doctor I think as we will talk you will see how tennis has helped me as an athlete how professional sport has helped me
1: so let's start with you at a very young age can you tell me more about how did you get into tennis How did you, at what point you decided to take the step from just playing for fun to taking it seriously and playing six to seven hours a day, conditioning, traveling. Just get us started from from your uh, first time you set hands on a racket.
0: Sure, so um, I was about 80 years old, Uh, I was in Romanian Bucharest. And my uh, family decided to send me to a sport to consume my energy. As we, you remember in Romania, all the kids would get together and play in the front of the building. And yeah. run around, play ahead and see, you remember that. And our parents would be yelling our names, where we are. And
1: <laughs> So for the audience needs to picture this communist blocks, tall, high level. And it's actually, you know, most of our childhood has been playing with each other being outside running everybody had a soccer ball we're just playing so we had actually a very fun childhood yeah uh but for some of us that had more energy than than <laughs> you cannot waste it there then they had to take us play a sport <laughs> right that was my case is this was this your case
0: yeah definitely my grandma was getting tired of saying alex where are you and that was no nowhere to be found so um that's definitely your right so my family took me to a sport just to consume my energy and it started out really fun Uh, i was going there having friends uh, kids to play with it was really really fun now as my family has some athletic uh, background they couldn't just stay around and watch me have fun (laughs) you know (laughs) so they started to pump me a little bit with more lessons and more fitness and at home I would come home uh, I would have this uh, very uh, I would say unique machinery of a plank of wood and out of it was a stick of metal and a ball? Can you imagine that? Like, are you uh, picturing that? I'm trying
1: that? to, but it's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, so this machinery that um, my grandpa made, I would hit it, um, uh, and the ball would like come back. So I would hit a forehand one hour, backhand one hour, forehand, backhand one hour.
1: So that was after your you, practice, you my practice. From practice. Yes. Mm, okay. And we
0: would do this because we didn't have much money to go to more lessons. Or private, private, lessons. private lessons, or it was raining, mm-hmm. so to keep my tennis on, I would do this in the house. I see. So yeah, like I said in the beginning, everything was super fun, but as I got more advanced into the sport, it became uh, a little bit more serious.
1: So when did you have your first competition?
0: So my first competition was about when I was. One year and a half in, mm-hmm. I was already starting to play pretty good. I was told I was uh, talented. Um, coaches really liked, wanted to coach me. They saw something in me. Uh, they told me I have very good soft hands. For people who don't know tennis, that means I could feel the ball really well, right?
1: And I can testify for the audience. <laughs> yes, Alex has probably one of the best hands in tennis I've seen. Oh, so stop yeah.
0: it. Um, yeah, so I, I played my first tournament and I made a final. Okay, so that was huge. out of nowhere. You out were the nowhere. underdog. I was the underdog, and I made the final. My whole family was there, and I lost. I lost terribly. I lost six zero six one, again for the people I don't know. The tennis six zero six one is considered a terrible score. It is pretty bad, <laughs>
1: but you know, it was your one of your first tournaments as well, right? So yeah. so you didn't have, and then so after this m- tournament, I guess your family, your coaches, everyone took it. To another, to another level, another right? Level. yeah. Okay.
0: That's when I started to have private lessons. Okay. So, uh, and as you can, uh, as you also know, a lot of uh, Romanian girls who are on the tour now, their family made a lot of sacrifices for them to play. Girls, Sing, guys, like all everything, yeah. like your family and my family. Mm-hmm. I know that they they've been um, selling stuff or they've been um, budgeting for me to do those lessons or me to go to fitness. Mm-hmm so yeah it was it was a little bit of a difficult time. Tennis is a very expensive sport um even now in our day to day it's one of it's one of the most expensive sports I think if you want to put your your child through professionally and get serious with it a lot of money It's money
1: know? and time commitment oh, because you time. have to travel with you, the kid you, yeah, everywhere there's traveling. not tournaments in your town very rarely you can you find constantly fine tournaments. You have to travel everywhere, yeah.
0: And also like the country sometimes, if you're not part of the national team, even if you're part of the national team, sometimes they do not pay for all this traveling. They pay for some stuff. So yeah, in the end, it comes out with very much hard work, dedication, money, a lot of money. And honestly, if you're not about, I would say top 100 WTA, it's very difficult to make a living out of this because again, you have to have a team, you have to have coach, you have to have personal trainer that's
1: very true it
0: takes a lot anyway
1: so you were in Romania you played a few tournaments and then you and your family immigrated to Canada yes okay we
0: came to Canada when I was about 10 years old Uh, and that's when a little bit uh, I was um, um, I started to I had to change my tennis coaches I had to change everything adjust to in new country Um, I didn't speak well English but tennis did help me a lot uh, integrate at school
1: so it and made the whole immigration process easier. and easier right
0: yeah, it did uh, I, I was a tennis player you know I was uh, some I was that you was could your identity you could, with something mm-hmm. yes um, and uh, I loved to uh, I was leaving school earlier at 2 p.m. instead of 4 or 5 I was leaving school earlier to go practice uh, I actually uh, uh, was playing at this uh, club it was called player's edge and they were having a contract with the National uh, Tennis Canada where we would practice two to six so from two to four were like the nationally ranked kids and from four to six it was uh, um, the rest of the group so I would train from two to six so I was very fortunate I was part of that program and uh, the coaches uh, again saw potential in me uh, and uh, wanted to help me out and improve and get me better
1: that's great so, so then your couple of years and you're playing tournaments within Canada and, tr- yeah. and training with the with best the juniors best. Mm-hmm. in in Canada and at one point you decided to go in as I said over 30 countries right so you start traveling internationally when did that happen and how, how
0: yeah so I uh, started to play I was part of the national team in Canada of the Ontario team um, but I wanted to take steps to next level and play internationally. So I played on the ITF tour, International Tennis Federation, and I traveled with my family, um, and uh, we and my coach. And I traveled to to a lot of countries and played at a lot of tournaments. And I reached the high ranking of uh, the ranking of three hundred fifty, three hundred forty eight. Uh, I won some doubles tournaments. I made semifinals, quarterfinals. Um, it was difficult. The competition is very tough.
1: So for the audience to understand, y- in order to get a ranking and mm-hmm. points mm-hmm. in this in the ITF, you have to play these ITF tournaments, right? And yes. in Canada, there's only a, a couple, few. right? Yeah. So in, in order to constantly get better and improve your ranking, y- there's no other option than traveling, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: You have to travel at money where money comes in. Um, yeah. So. so traveling, I traveled in europe uh, i traveled in south america i loved south america the culture that i experienced there the cultures were really beautiful and i got to go to a lot of countries there i learned spanish there Um, and uh, i even ended up in tunisia one time so definitely between the age of 15 and 18 i uh, 15 and 17 I would say I traveled so much and got so much life experience and I'm blessed to have this opportunity without my family and that support I could have never had this uh, really nice adventure that I will always cherish and think about so it had not only taught me you know that how to be an international athlete but it has also taught me um, life uh, experiences you know so it was a beautiful period for me this travelling.
1: And throughout high school I've seen that you've been homeschooled for the majority of high school, right?
0: Yeah, I was homeschooled to be able to travel.
1: To be Okay, so in order to get all this travelling yeah. you you could you just figure out you and your family figure out it would have been very hard to miss so much school, right? Yeah. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit more for what does it mean for young athletes and for the family to make a decision for homeschooling towards sports? Like, how was your experience?
0: Yeah, so uh, we decided to um, join this uh, program. It was called Independent Learning Center. It was uh, basically uh, everything you did was online and also they would send you booklets and you would have to complete them and send them back for grading. And then you would have a big exam for that specific subject. Um, that was a quite a day experience as well, for me uh, it was difficult and challenging. However, with the support of family and I had some tutors, I was able to manage pretty good. And f- um, for people who are considering homeschooling, there is pros and cons. Pros and cons. I would say on um, positives from it, you learn self discipline, you learn hard working. You learn nobody's gonna be telling you really hey, you have a deadline, hey, you have to kind of take initiative by yourself and do the work. So that's a good quality to have. Now, the negatives of homeschooling are also if children are a little bit more used to being social and you kind of isolate them all of the sudden, that could be a little bit challenging. So for example, me, it was okay because I had homeschooling, but then I would go play tennis for six hours with kids. So i would be socialized. You know, if you're, if your child doesn't have that opportunity to do something soci- social, it could be a little bit difficult. I would say I felt in some when I, didn't, when I was injured or I didn't get to play and I was just doing that school at home with my parents. It was a little bit difficult. I wanted to go socialize, uh, interact. So there is um, good and bad from, from this, but um, if used in the right way, it's a positive impact.
1: This is uh this is very helpful and especially for the current situation right now where schools are closed. So right, the ma- right, the majority we are, we're in. What's cor- the
0: current situation? You have oh, to explain yes. to the public. So
1: you go ahead, you're <laughs> the you're the doctor.
0: No, no, no. I don't wanna go into details. We were uh-huh. just uh, you know, we decided to do our day night podcast in quarantine time. Yes. <laughs> because we are home all day. George my husband's working from home. I'm waiting to start residency, so Um, Basically, right now, we've been hearing that a lot of children have been transferring their schooling from normal schooling. No, the schools are closed. The majority of schools are closed. But they're online, right? The Mm -hmm. courses are online, Mm -hmm. which is a very... A kind of uh, way to say they're all homeschooled <laughs> exactly, right exactly so i'm very uh, um intrigued and curious to read articles on this later on to see how that impacted this period this period the students and from the all path. various mm-hmm. ages and their learning curve exactly. and their social uh changes and their attitudes and their grades you know I, i'm really curious to see how this impacted yep. um, and the studies that will be done on it so yeah very interesting
1: how do you think family can support a child to go through professional sports as a young athlete? From a very young age, let's say 9, 10 years old, but all the way to teenager, which we all know it's not the easiest uh, to okay. deal with. So what, what what kind of advice do you have?
0: I definitely wasn't an easy teenager. I'm sure you weren't. <laughs> no. Nope. Were not an easy teenager. Um, so how family is important to support from a young age Um, it's very important to um, you know take in consideration what the child wants as well it's very important to ask if the child wants to play that specific sport Um, and uh, from uh, a young age to kind of not burn out the athlete to make it fun and pleasing and passionate so they don't think they're going to work mm-hmm. so they think they're going to a fun thing. Of course, at some mm-hmm. sessions they need to be harder and then ne- you need to push harder to become, if you want to become the top, you know, 10 athlete in the world. Uh, however, there is, I think there is way that family can help which my family did help me feel um, always loved and, and always, um, you know, I could enjoy that sport. You know, even though at times I did also feel burnout. So, um what I would suggest could be also a sports psychologist to be involved, um, from a young age through teenage, if the child is going to, into competitive sports, you know, to be with him throughout this whole journey, also with the family, mm-hmm. you know. It's important, I think, to keep everybody kind of in check. You know?
1: Totally understand. And I couldn't agree more with you. A cha- uh, like a psychologist can come in and be like the middle man mm-hmm. and can guide a lot of the things because emotions get overwhelmed yeah. by the kid and yeah. by the parents yeah. and there's a lot of pressure yeah. for at the end of the day a, a kid right mm-hmm. so we kind of tend to forget mm-hmm. this so I, I agree with you that yeah. child psychologist uh, would be or sports psychology sports would are, be important yeah
0: The yeah. uh, I saw a post the other day on Facebook from my good friend and she wrote her daughter is playing professional sport and she said you do not understand the emotions we feel as parents when we watch our children play and that is so true I remember my mother couldn't even watch my tennis match she didn't watch one full tennis match not one you know um you know my father would yell but uh, i'm sure your father would yell behind the fence like you know yell exciting it's not our
1: fathers it's most fathers, most fathers would yeah. probably end yell up or yelling, clap or, or whatever
0: you know behind you support you um too much emotion you know at your tennis match but um yeah um i just i think to avoid all this stress on the parents and the child they could consider going to see a sports therapist or a a sports psychologist
1: so i know we talked a lot about the mental and the the psychological aspect of playing professional sports in juniors but what about the physical uh, side any health problems related with sports in this age that you could think of
0: uh yeah of course uh in my opinion there could be a lack of an organized medical care for young performance athletes. I know that at a higher level, they do get frequent checks physically and mentally, but from a young age, they should all be checked periodically. I think physical exams and some basic tests are important to check the heart, and also um, for every kid who wants to go into a professional path they have to be checked periodi- um physically and periodically by a team of doctors you know um, there are congenital heart diseases that people or parents are not aware of in the first place you know something called um, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and if the child is put under tremendous effort during the training they could um, have even a a, a lethal uh, uh, outcome from these congenital issues so simple tests like like an echocardiogram um, can detect some heart problems in time Uh, these and, and unfortunately these tests are not a routine test that's why in normal people so they should be done in my opinion mandatory if the child wants to go in a professional path, in a professional sport, and and train every day, four to six hours a day, and uh, push their physical limits.
1: This is uh, this was very insightful. Um, how about the relation about? I want to talk a little bit about diets. You know, okay. there's a lot of topics, m- mo- mostly in adults. But uh, I'm interested to see your uh, your opinion in relation about diets in athletes and maintaining health as a young athlete
0: yeah i mean did you keep a diet when you were athlete
1: not really you, you didn't, know you there didn't was not have a nutritionist no there was always a say that hey, you need to get enough protein you know because you're burning a lot and yeah. that was the 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 mentality back in romania was <laughs> a lot of protein <laughs> and just making sure after every practice we get our meals and we had uh, my family would give us vitamins so I would okay. have vitamins and hydration mm-hmm. just the basic but basic, nothing
0: nothing like a, a schedule no nutritionist, no right yeah I mean unfortunately I yes I also I, I did have a diet uh, keeping yourself fit and maintaining a certain weight are always in the back of the mind of an athlete in some sports, more than others, you know. Um, Such as gymnastics yes, or where. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a pretty challenging thing, you know, especially for young children, again, to keep a diet. You know, you're telling a 10 year old, keep a diet. It's difficult, you know. Um, so, unfortunately, in tennis, diet is not as important, I think. Um, As long as you do a lot of exercising at the gym or on the court, playing every day, um, which is extremely, again, hard for a young kid. Uh, But the important thing that I want to stress out, because I've seen it during my athletic years with other athletes, the important thing is not to get... um, obsessed over keeping so-called a healthy low-calorie diet especially when you're performing sports because that can have serious consequences you know uh, many psychiatric problems arise from childhood and teenage years you know such as eating disorders um, or all kinds of anxieties that could lead to later on personality problems or depression when they are adults. So that's why, again, family and a team is important when the child is in a professional sport, going on a professional pathway to guide that child, um, mo- uh, how do you say, like wire him and model him into a healthy individual because kids are so delicate. They can slip at any time into the pathways because they don't know any better. You know, they're, they're, they're absorbing everything that's around them you know so especially now with so much media social media and and you know all these hollywood movies and all this pressure it's important to have the kid you know grounded and understand what is good for 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 them you know to to pursue and and be the athlete they want to be
1: i i couldn't agree more with you yeah what positive things can performance and playing at a high level sports bring in a child's life? Can you give me a little bit your personal experience and maybe what you like to see in, in most uh, kids? And can you, exa- yeah, I want to see some examples from your own.
0: So some positive things. So um, since I was very young, 80 years old, I started this professional sport. It has taught me so much and without it, I wouldn't be who I was today. I honestly wouldn't. Uh, It has taught me how to work hard. It has taught me self-discipline. It has taught me life values. Uh, It has taught me how to be on my own at certain points when I was traveling. Um, It has taught me so much that without it, it wouldn't be me. When I'm thinking of Alex, Alexandra, it's always tennis, which was almost all, all my life. Um, and, um, I do, I, I do, I'm so happy I chose to play professionally. I'm so happy I chose to experience this experience because even though when I got to college, uh, I received, um, Division I scholarship and I tried to play on the team, At that moment, I was a little bit tired and burned out from all the years of hard work and competition and and pressure because you do feel all these, you know. I'm sure all the great athletes feel them. Even Serena Williams, you know. No matter what you've achieved in the sport, you do feel the pressure at all times. So all these things come on you. So when, um, you know, when I was uh, um, in college... I decided to take a break from sport and um, follow my other passion which was medicine so what about you uh, what positive things because I
1: and I can I want to because this is an interview about you so yeah. I can say that so many times I've seen I've been we've been married for I'm gonna let you answer this question exactly Six, Um, five, five, six years, something like that.
0: 2014. Yeah,
1: so six years, and we've been together since we're in college, in undergrad, and I've seen the transition of Alex from a tennis court, playing tennis, into medical school and now starting residence in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. So, I've seen so many times when you got, you lost the first set, but not on a tennis court, but... On an exam, mm-hmm. on a course, on a in in school, in medical and in, in undergrad or medical school, and I could see you just getting motivated and just getting up and say, "No, you know what? I'm gonna stay late tonight. I'm gonna wake up early next morning." And I looked at you and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I've coached before. I've I was a tennis player, and I could see the." Relationship from a sports, from a young athlete mm-hmm. towards medicine because it wasn't easy, right? You're homeschooled, you're traveling. You last thing you wanted to do after 10 hours or on the court and conditioning and traveling is pick up a book. So that was not on your routine. So it took so much more effort for you to transition from a young athlete to one of the hardest fields that you can make and take 10-hour exams which only... Certain type of people can do it, right? And so I I could see this transition that you made from sports in, from sports to uh, medicine, yeah, so and yeah. you have done it extremely well. So well,
0: thank you. I mean, I think you're just saying that because you're my husband, and you wanna you wanna how do you say? be good with me <laughs> <laughs> well uh,
1: it's it's they say happy life a uh, happy wife happy life <laughs> happy so wife, you know wife. so I have a happy evening but uh, no <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's it's true I uh I wouldn't say it otherwise thank you and
0: um, I appreciate it mm-hmm. a lot and I can um tell you on that because you're right that the determination the hard work that an athlete goes through what you know it, it for me it trans uh transition into this studying uh, and without... I'm, again, f- I don't know if without this discipline from sport, I personally could have done it. Uh, I um, it, it was very difficult. But uh, like just like sport, I was telling myself, even if I lost a battle, like you said, every morning... I. That's what I knew from tennis. That's what I got from tennis. Because I lost a lot of matches. You lost a lot of matches. To win, you have to lose a lot. Mm-hmm. You have to lose a lot in order to win. Very because true. if you don't lose, you're not learning nothing. You know, very You true. win... What, what did you do when you won a tennis match? I, I remember I won. I was playing provincials and I won in the quarterfinals. And I was just like, mm, whatever, match is done. I don't care. I didn't even want to talk about it. But when I would lose, I would have a reflection down with myself and say, what did I do wrong? What strategies what are better, mm-hmm. you know, technically, physically. So losing is actually so much better for me. And even in life. I agree. You know, losing so much better. Even with, with medicine. Even if I, let's say I was taking a course and I wasn't, I wasn't doing as high, like I wasn't getting a 90, I was getting a 70. That, that loss for me was learning what to do better. And guess what? The next one I was getting the highest on that. Because that's how I was taught from tennis, mm. from losing that's to fair. improve and win, you know. So that's, that's always been me. But I've always lost a lot as well. Uh, and, In medicine and tennis. In medicine and tennis, and this losing, again, I turn it into wins all the time. That's, That's one of my good qualities, I would and, say.
1: And biggest lesson you can And biggest lesson to I can transmit, other, yeah. Mm-hmm. If
0: you feel down at any point in your life, know that e- me and George, like, we've also f- been feeling down, especially me. I feel down a lot. But the point is in the morning to get up and start your day feeling you know, I'm going to do this. I'm go- There's nothing that can stop me because I'm telling you, you can do anything. If I could, tra- you know, do this, like um, finish medical school, pass all the exam boards, do well, you know, I, I feel like anybody can do it. So,
1: Well, this was a very exciting episode and I really appreciate sharing everything with us. And I would like to end on a funny note. So can you tell us a funny story from your all the traveling as a young athlete.
0: Well, I have a lot of funny stories. Uh-oh. Um
1: I want you to pick one oh and sharing share it with us please.
0: Okay. Uh let me think. Um so I think I remember one. So I was in I was flying um from I, I was flying into Ecuador. And we landed in the airport uh, in in Guayaquil, Mm -hmm. and we had to go to Quito, which is actually in the mountains at a pretty high altitude of of about, uh, how much is it? Of about 2,800 meters. Wow. Okay, above sea level. Uh, I think it is the highest uh, official capital city in the world um after La Paz which is in Bolivia so so a little bit of geography lesson here (laughs) did you know that no (laughs) okay anyway um mind you being at the high altitude playing that tournament in Quito um it was so hard to breathe and uh, as you all know some you take athletes there to train um so they increase their um um their endurance capacity and um a, some of my colleagues had uh, panic attacks <laughs>
1: so because they were out remember, of breath yeah
0: right? so i <laughs> remember they like did the paper bags was, uh anyway that's not the funny story the funny story is or not so funny is that when we landed into guayaquil um we rented a car and we drove from guayaquil to quito we wanted to drive from guayaquil it's like about 400 kilometers okay so we didn't have we didn't know the, the the country. We didn't our GPS wasn't functioning well, so we adventured. Um, it was me and my dad. We adventured into South America. <laughs> so we were just driving. We're like, oh, 400 kilometers. I think it took us about 10, 11 hours.
1: It oh, was it at night?
0: <laughs> it was It was at like 4 p.m and we got there oh at like God. 12 p.m. <laughs> Um, it was a very strange adventure. We, the roads were not highways. They were like in Romania, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with the dirt roads and bumps. They were not smooth at all. Um, going through a lot of villages.
1: And um, mountains, were you going through wh- mountains? Through a lot of
0: mountains. I don't know how you say in English, um, Serpentine. Like the, There's a word Around the mountain Romania. You're just going around like The a mountain a street around the road. In the mountain mm-hmm. Yeah uh, And um, We were We started going up this mountain And it wasn't even like uh, How do you say the, the road paved. was or, or Paved the, yeah. And there was no uh, gate It wasn't paved mm-hmm. There was no um, Gate Bar mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. gate mm-hmm. To uh, Differentiate you Between the road And the And the Fall And And uh, we kept on driving on that road, and it was foggy. There was no, there was just a dirt road. There was no lines, nothing. Very um, rural, rural and it was just a really fun exciting but scary experience as well um from village to village we would ask the locals they were very nice Uh, that's how i sharpened my spanish well we were lost because we just had a map okay and we thought we were we could do it
1: and (laughs) and the roads were not marked right oh (laughs) no 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 this is you know main street there were no main street there no
0: we actually at one point we didn't really think we're going to make the destination so we were kind of searching for ways to contact the a city a big city so somebody can come pick us up but somehow uh we met one local and he literally just told us in spanish follow the road <laughs> just follow it straight literally don't turn i don't i guess we were towards the end and we followed this road on the mountain and at the end of it was proper um streets right at the top you know mm-hmm. and then we entered quito um and we um, we made it to the hotel, but that was one of the f- adventure surreal experience I've had. I mean, I never thought um, I could get lost in something like that and make it. And that was pretty. I, I still remember it, as you can see. And yeah, very vividly. More. Yes. Yeah, I have a lot more stuff. Like one time in Italy, our car got broken into, and we I was playing tournaments grade A, which are like really high level tournaments and i had all my equipment in the car and i went to visit the vatican for like two hours so excited you know italy um i love italy so much and um when we returned it was empty the whole car was empty was broken into uh all my stuff gone we just had a piece of bread
1: (laughs) wow at least they're nice
0: that trip was really strange because that night all the hotels in rome were booked we couldn't find hotel until 3 a.m that trip was super strange <laughs> but um I do uh, have good memories from it as well as I played in a lot of um cities in Italy and in Europe that was a Europe trip for two three months um but I- I'm gonna tell you guys something so we we rented a car brand new car Pe- Peugeot is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. brand new by the end of the trip, it was smashed. The window broken, the tire exploded. Because we drove all over Europe with this car. And at the end, I was—I don't know, I distracted um, the driver. Um, and <laughs> I think it was my coach driving. And he crashed into the car in front of us. <laughs> Everybody was safe, but the car was totaled. So... That trip was, again, one trip I'll always remember. <laughs> well, wow,
1: you have a lot of memories. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this with us. Yeah, I
0: think we are over our 35-minute um, episode. So, um, Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, please give us your feedback, what you thought of this episode, and what would you like us to talk about more.
1: Or if you have any questions, Alex will be more than happy. Yeah answer and stay tuned for next episode we are working on bringing a few guests on different fields very exciting episodes ahead
0: yeah our next episode um, I'm going to bring a special guest she plays on the WT tour her name is Jessica Pegula and she um, reached a high ranking of 55 in the world I'll talk to her about how she's doing now um, physically And um, mentally with the sport, you know, being put on hold because of this coronavirus pandemic, a lot of tournaments are canceled, like French Open. And is Wimbledon canceled? Uh, Postponed, sorry, not canceled, wrong information. They are postponed. So all the WTA Tour, all the tournaments in the athletic world of tennis are on hold. So I'm gonna talk to her, see how she's doing during this pandemic, how are they training? What's her thoughts on this? Um, Also, she was part of the Fed Cup this year. So actually last year. And yeah, she's a very fun guest and I'm really excited to talk to her and interview her. So yeah, thank you guys again for listening to us and have a good day. Thank you. Stay safe, everyone. And wash your hands.